Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Miles, and you're listening to the Lucas Miles Show on the Edify Podcast Network and also a featured podcast of faithwire.com. Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. I'm your host, Lucas Miles. If you're like anybody else in America, you are wondering what in the world is going on right now. This election has been a complete disaster in a lot of ways, and I think there's a lot of confusion. There's question, there's fear, there's frustration, there's some people that are cheering. And so really, as Christians, we have to try to figure out how do we sort our way through not only what happened, but where do we go from here? My guest this week, his name is Rick Green, and he is here to do just that. Rick is an expert in the Constitution. He's an attorney. He is a former legislator in the state of Texas. And I have him on today specifically to help us navigate exactly what is happening in this election, and really, you know, because of my own selfish interest, I want to know, does Trump still have a chance of victory? Is there still a path? How does this work? And I know on the surface, it seems nearly impossible, and I think it is going to be extremely challenging for something like that to happen, but what Rick brings up is there's actually a couple times in history where we faced some similar situations before, and he tells us all about the outcome of those situations. So you're going to enjoy my guest. I got all of his links in the show notes and you can find out more about Rick Green and his work on his biblical citizens class and some other unique resources that you can get for your church. But before we bring Rick on, here is a little bit about our sponsor. This episode of the Lucas Miles Show is brought to you by Cove. Visit covesmart.com and use promo code LUCAS, that's L-U-C-A-S, for all of your home security needs. And now my guest, Rick Green. Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. I'm your host, Lucas Miles, and I am excited to bring to you today my guest, Rick Green. Rick Welcome to the program. Hey, man. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. So I got to say, we need somebody to help us figure out what in the world is going on. <laughs> like, seriously, it's crazy. Nobody knows. We're getting reports that Sydney's off the team now and, you know, what's happening. And so, you know, us conservatives, we're trying to figure out is, you know, it, it's like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. Like, are you saying there's a chance, you know? <laughs> and And so... Uh, first of all, I'd love to jump into this, but I want you to tell us a little bit about your background and really how you kind of fell into uh, uh, really passion for things like the Constitution and the voting process and everything else. Sure, you bet, man. Yeah, I'm a, I used to be a legislator in Texas uh, for a few years. That was 20 years ago, uh, but I'm an attorney by trade. Don't hold that against me. Everybody's tuning out now. I fell in love with the Constitution when I was a legislator, frankly, because I saw a poll that said half of Texans couldn't name even one freedom out of the First Amendment. 95% oh, wow. couldn't name two. I thought that was terrible. I got all self-righteous, and then I tried to name them. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I don't know. If I don't know these five freedoms out of the First <laughs> Amendment, how in the world can I blame? Anyway, that got me hungry. I started studying. Uh, ended up running for the Supreme Court here in Texas, and, and in the process of that, was talking a lot about the Constitution around the state. And afterwards, some friends said, man, would you do a Constitution class? And uh, I said, well, you guys are just going to be taking me to dinner because nobody else is going to show up, but I'd be glad to talk about it. And to my shock, 50 people showed up and, and we oh, posted wow. on Facebook about, hey, we learned about executive orders or whatever. And, 
And before you knew it, people were asking me to come to Michigan and all over. So that's how we got the, you know, America's Constitution coach label. And I've uh, been doing this now 10 years, had about 150,000 people go through our Constitution class. Wow. We now have about 3,700 Constitution coaches around the country that we provide our materials to. I had the privilege and honor of teaching the class in Independence Hall. So when you take our class, I'm standing in the room, man, where it all happened. It is not boring. It's not your t- I mean, I don't know about you, but in high school and college, this was my pose for learning in history. <laughs> right. I mean, you're drooling on the desk. You're learning nothing. And, and so that's I how agree. it was anyway. So we yep. try to bring it to life and make it fun. I actually had a teacher in high school who I woke up. I woke up and answered some question. I was sleeping <laughs> in class. I think it was an econ. And he goes, Mr. Miles, I liked you better when you were sleeping, you know? And so that was, that was like, no joke. That was quote. pretty good. So <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I was, I was kind of a bad student, but I love learning and I love reading history now. And I'm kind of, I geek out on church history and all these things. And so we need people like you that are doing this. And I understand, I think we have a mutual friend, uh, Andrew Womack. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, in fact, you know, they're, uh, the, the, the government school there at Karis, Karis Bible, we helped to design that curriculum and awesome. we do this kind of cool. We go every spring, we do a mini Patriot Academy on campus. Uh, Patriot Academy, actually you see on my shirt, that that's our yeah. youth leadership program. That's where we bring young people into state capitals around the country and they live the life of a legislator, the good stuff, uh-huh. not the bad stuff. They, you know, they're on the real floor <laughs> debating real issues, avoiding the, the scandals, you know, yeah, we, we try to leave the scandals out. Uh, right. and, and so, but we're teaching them biblical worldview the whole time and true history, right? And to tell them, hey, here's the formula that produces a good society. Anyway, so Andrew has us come out and we do that for his government students on campus there. And uh, it's a great way for people to learn to actually be immersed into that process and see what it's like to have to actually pass legislation, not just not just complain about what's happening, but actually put a solution in place that you can get enough votes to actually pass. That's cool. That's cool. I taught at Karis before they had standards. So they, uh, they had me in a few times and, uh, and I've ministered with Andrew a few times uh, and done some videos awesome. stuff with him before. So really great people out there. Let me ask this, where, where do we stand right now? You know, is, is the election over? Help us understand this a little bit. Yeah. You know, first let's put it in some historical context, right? This is not the first time we've dealt with something like this uh, many times, actually. I, I can think of four specific times off the top of my head, three in the 1800s. And then of course the 2000 election. Um, and, and this is, you know, it, it may be more complicated than the 2000 election, but a lot of the legal arguments are the exact same. The big difference is it's in all these states, right? So we're dealing right. with Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia. So everybody feels like it's whack-a-mole right now. We're trying to figure out where <laughs> the real battles are and where does Trump really have a potential yeah. path to victory. And and so that part is a little bit different from, from at least what we've seen in our lifetimes, but not that different from 1876, for instance. In that case, you had three states that actually sent in two sets of electors. So then Congress has to go, okay, which ones are the actual electors? That could happen in this particular scenario because of all the questions of whether or not you can actually figure out who really won in Pennsylvania. I mean, Mm. if the well was poisoned and you had all these illegal ballots get thrown in there, they've, you know, we already know they broke the law. The governor and the the secretary of state created a scheme along with the Pennsylvania Supreme Court there. And it's, it's completely unconstitutional. And the Supreme, uh, the U S Supreme Court has already signaled that they're going to rule that way. Um, so I don't know how they're going to handle Pennsylvania, but I think their only options are throw it out and start over, have a redo election, or throw it out and tell the legislature to pick the electors, which is a constitutional duty and 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 power that they have. Um, or somehow the Supreme Court decides, you know, that we can separate the bad ballots and based on you know the remaining good ballots. Right. Anyway, that stuff is still yet to be determined, and and we've still got a couple of weeks, I think, before we'll know. 
Wow. So has there ever been uh, a time where they've had a redo election? Is that a, is there a precedent for that? We haven't seen a presidential election redone, but just last year we had a congressional election. So somebody okay. running for Congress in North Carolina, mail-in ballots, believe it or not. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Shocking, right? You just <laughs> can't imagine why they didn't, didn't go well. And, uh, and honestly, there's Republicans, Democrats, both doing the ballot harvesting and all right. this mess. And so the judge finally said, forget it. We can't tell who won do it again. <laughs> and so they did it again. And both sides, you know, felt like there was honesty in this one. And, and, uh, and that's the thing, you know, I, I mean, I really, I, I got to point this out because I had a recount myself, I, my first race, 20, you know, 20 votes I lost by out of 30,000. So that's a very small margin. Um, I come out of the homeschool community. So I often joke and say, that's one homeschool family. That's all I need. <laughs> right, 20 yeah. votes, one homeschool family, right? <laughs> uh, or maybe two, maybe two, but anyway, so it was really, really close. And we said, okay, let's have a recount. We had a recount. Uh, looked at every ballot, my opponent and I both, we had teams looking at every ballot, all said and done, I won by 36 votes. So 56 votes had been miscounted by the machines. Well, I looked at my opponent. I said, okay, the law allowed me to ask for a recount. Texas law says you can ask for a second recount if it switches. And he said, why would I do that? We just looked at every ballot, Rick. Transparency, we know who won. You won. We're done. Nobody blamed, cheating, nobody. I mean, that's what we need, Lucas. We right. need transparency. We need verification. And we need legal remedies when the law is broken. Um, we haven't had transparency in this one in a lot of places. We're just now getting the verification part. And I think we're about to move into the legal remedies here pretty quick. So let's talk uh, um, Dominion Software. Is there something there? Is it worth looking at? Man, I, I I think so, you know, and that's that's just me. I've always been against this whole electronic tallying and and voting, and and they've they've gotten a little better in terms of like our system in Texas. We have a physical ballot that we vote on with the machine, and then we take that physical ballot and we put it in the box. So that's a better level of of security. But I'm an old fashioned. I want to see a ballot that we fill in and goes in a box, and that way, having been through a recount, I know what it's like. If you can put your hands on those ballots and actually look at them together, everybody can feel better about the result. So I know that the system is susceptible to fraud. I right. know that there are people that will win at all costs. There's a Machiavellian view viewpoint out there, sometimes on the right, but dominates on the left because there's a lack of belief in God. So anything goes, everything's okay. No moral absolutes. And that's a formula. That's a disastrous formula. You're, you're giving people a chance to cheat, and there are people that are willing to cheat to win. And, and frankly, let's just be practical about this. If you really thought, and, and we've got about 36% of the country that really thinks Donald Trump is a white supremacist, you know, all of these horrible, evil things that they've, you know, lied about him and, and convinced people of. So if you believe that, I mean, if I could keep Hitler from getting elected, I would, right? I'd do whatever it took to keep him. <laughs> I would be there with Bonhoeffer going, okay, let's set the bomb off. Now, granted, that's after he's killing Jews in the whole nine yards. Whereas in this case, you just got somebody there claiming to be a white supremacist. But you can almost understand why in a lot of these areas, they would have done anything to win. So I think right. there's absolutely cheating that's going on. Um, it always goes on to some extent, but this could be massive. Now, whether or not Cindy Powell's got the evidence, whether or not they can prove it, whether or not it's as bad as she says it is, man, I don't know. That's why this thing's got to go to court. There's got to be some what did Bill Bennett always say? Sunlight is the best disinfectant. I think that's where we are. We got to get some sunlight <laughs> on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is there time to do that? It's tough, man. It's tough. See, that's the difference between 1876 and now. In 1876, um, you didn't have this federal law calendar. The Constitution doesn't have 
um, the, these limitations. I mean, it has it has dates like, you know, 12th Amendment says January 20th, the president's term is over. So that that will definitely have to happen. But it has mechanisms for dealing with it if the election is still undecided or the House and the Senate are still voting, you know, fighting. Right. Over it. Um, but we have a federal law that was adopted after the 1876 election that does set in place some more specific dates, meaning like the electors have to meet. Uh, I believe it's on the 14th, December 14th, right. and cast their ballots. So what happens if Pennsylvania is undecided and they don't send any ballots to Washington, D.C.? That, that That's a really important thing for people to start thinking about. In fact, I'm working on an article right now where I think that it, it's possible this whole election comes down to this little-known clause that has to do with which electoral votes are included in the whole. In other words, if Pennsylvania and Georgia and Wisconsin get thrown out and they don't even send electoral votes, is 270 now the magic number, or is it a lower number because we have fewer electoral votes being counted? Because if all three of those got thrown out, nobody's got 270. Right. Yeah. If nobody's got 270. Now we're doing an 1824 election where it's going to be up to the House to decide who the president's going to be. Wow. Is it my it's my understanding that although the Dems have the majority in the House, that when you look at it basically by you know kind of state that the Republicans have the upper hand? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, you're 100% right. Every time I say that last part, a lot of people get really scared and go, wait a minute, does that mean Nancy Pelosi is going to be president? Well, no. 435 members do not get a vote. It's it's yeah. by, uh, like you're saying, state delegation. So each okay. state gets to one vote, and so all of their congressmen will get together, and you've got at least 26 states that have Republican um, majorities in their delegation. So yeah. if you got five House members that your state sends in and three of them are Republican and two are Democrat, they're going to vote for Donald Trump. And that's true of at least 26 states. Could be 29 by the time they finalize all of these recounts and everything, but it's definitely going to be 26. So if this gets thrown to the House, um, which is constitutional, and again, it's happened multiple times, happened in 1800, happened in 1824. I mean, this is not new. Right. If that happens, then Donald Trump definitely wins. And and it's going to, I think, end up depending on whether or not 270 is still a majority or if Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan don't send their electoral votes, does that whole number drop to a lower number and therefore Biden only needs 250 or 255, in which case he could still get there. Right. right. And that's an unanswered question. That one is not... Uh, has not been answered. The, the the House has at times, or the House and Senate together have at times considered it the whole number of, of in our case today, it's, uh, you know, what is it, uh, 535 plus the three from, uh, from D.C., so 538. So is it 538 or is it however many actually arrived in Washington, D.C.? Because on January 6th, they're going to open those ballots. Wow. And they might say it's whatever the number is, majority of these ballots, or they might say it's the majority of 538. And that's going to be a critical, critical question. Right. Interesting. Now, is there anything in our history, any time that a president has been, you know, kind of quote unquote elected or sworn in that then evidence came out later that that was reversed? I'm, I'm assuming that's not ever happened before. Right. Not not where they've actually been sworn in. That one in 76 was was Rutherford B. Hayes and, and Samuel Tilden. And that one got right up to the line and even I mean, frankly, there were essentially rioters outside Hayes' house. So it was a gunshot fired. I mean, it, you know, it, crazy stuff happened uh, during that whole thing. Interestingly enough, Tilden had that race. He was only one electoral vote away from a majority when all the chaos began. And there were 20 electoral votes in confusion, three states that sent two, two slates. And then Oregon had one up for grabs. Yeah. And then it was months later before they finally, those 20 votes were awarded to Rutherford B. Hayes. And he won by one electoral vote. <laughs> You know, I mean, to some degree, it's encouraging because it, it's it's easy. You know, I mean, I'm I'm 41. I just turned 41. 
I've been around long enough that, you know, I'm kind of in between the millennials and the Gen X, you know, sort of where, uh, where I live. Uh, Xenials, I think they, they call my little sliver there. I was born in 79. And, and um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I've seen enough of, of the world and traveled enough and everything else to, to know that there's, there's, this, there's this up and down, there's this rhythm of, of you know, conflict and political uprising. When I, when I go to East Africa, we have to plan our trips around the election to make sure that we don't go you know, anytime close to the election because it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, but to know that, this, that our country has faced some of these uprisings before, that we've had riots before, whether it be the race riots of the 60s or, or you know, you mentioned, you know, um, you know, people riding outside of it, somebody's house because of the election. To me, it's almost encouraging to know that uh, we faced this before and we've overcome it, you know, and we yeah. keep going. Now, you're 100% right, man. It's like King Solomon had it right. Nothing new under the sun. Yep. Uh, and even even if something comes up that we haven't faced as a nation, we know that others have, right? Yeah. And um, I, I think that's important. That's why I like being a student of history, because if you only focus on the moment, man, you could either get depressed or you could get, you know, maybe uh, too confident. And so if you step back right. and look at it in the context of history, it gives you a little peace. You, you, you see God's hand more when yeah. you look at it in the context of history. And uh, and you realize that that we're not the first ones to experience this kind of thing. Our Constitution is is an amazing document and our forefathers foresaw a lot. They didn't foresee everything. I mean, the 12th Amendment had to fix part of how our Electoral College worked. Otherwise, you had the president and uh, as as a had a vice president that was his arch rival. Right. That's not the plan you want to have. <laughs> that was Jefferson <laughs> and, and uh, Adams ended up like that. If you could imagine four years ago. Donald Trump being president and Hillary Clinton vice president, right. we would have all tuned in for that reality show. Like every day, we'd have been watching, right? Celebrity death match, I think that's what they call that. <laughs> yes. Right. The so, uh, what about Georgia? Are we, you know, do you think how confident are you that that conservatives, uh, Republicans here, are going to keep the uh, the Senate? You know, it's going to that is the Alamo at this point is the way yeah. I see it. And, and a lot of other people, I think there'll be a billion dollars spent there in the next, you know, uh, 45, 50 days, whatever's left. Uh, we're going to go barnstorm Georgia ourselves, do a biblical citizenship tour with David Barton and Michelle Bachman, Kirk Cameron, Charlie Kirk. We got a lot of folks saying, hey, let's let's go get Christians to understand the importance of exercising your freedom. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. And you are Caesar in America. You are in charge. We the people are ultimately responsible. So we're headed there ourselves. Uh, of course, I, I was just there last month doing a similar tour. So I, I believe in investing in some of these states that yep. where you've got people that are hungry to know what is truth and what is my job as a citizen. I want to do a better job. Um, and so we're excited about that. I, I think the people of Georgia realize what's at stake here. And I think this election, everybody's going to be watching every ballot. So it's not going to be like um, election night when they sent the Republicans home in Fulton County and said, Democrats keep counting through the night. Um, I don't think that kind of thing is going to be able to happen in, in this runoff. And all of those anomalies, irregularities, whatever fancy word everybody wants to have for something ain't right here. That's the Texas way yeah. of saying it. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. All of that is not over yet. I think Georgia still in the presidential race is, is still in play um, and, and could become, you know, could switch based on some of the illegalities. There was a lot of law breaking that went, went on in a lot of these states openly. Right. If you've got yeah. a governor or secretary of state saying, we don't care what the legislature said and what the law actually says. We're going to create our own voting scheme to help help our team. I mean, we ought to have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I think so. And I'm glad to hear that you're heading down there. You mentioned uh, you mentioned some great folks, many of which have been on this program before. Uh, I've had Charlie, Charlie Kirk was on earlier this year and uh, 
you know, and others. And so uh, I think that's just, you know, super exciting that you guys are doing that. I'd love to hear some more information about that too. And other ways that people, you know, can help. Is there places that people can donate to give towards, you know, that, that uh, helping the boots on the ground with the Georgia race? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of good organizations out there, uh, different groups that do, you know, what they can do legally based on the donations, right? So you got some 501c3, c4s, and some that aren't nonprofit at all. Uh, Millionvoices.org is a great organization putting out a fantastic voter guide, which is one of the most important things we can do. If folks want to help with our biblical citizenship classes that we're going to be teaching, not just during this runoff, but all through, you know, throughout the next year in Georgia yeah. and across the country, they can do that at uh, patriotacademy.com. Um, and, and I think a lot of people, I'm glad you asked that, Lucas, because a lot of people are, they're literally, they're watching all this stuff happen. And they're going, what can I do? Right. Like, right. what's my role at this point? The election's over. I encourage people, don't sit around and just watch the news 24 yep. seven um, and, and be obsessed with this. Yep. Our actions as citizens are not going to change whether Joe Biden ends up in the White House or Donald Trump or how this thing plays out. Right. Our job as citizens, are it's going to be the exact same. We've got to become informed. We've got to apply the Bible to our lives, including how we vote and how we act as citizens. So I'm telling everybody, hey, start your biblical citizenship class at your church or in your living room or wherever and just start getting people involved. Hey, run for school board. You got elections coming up in just five months here in Texas and other places. Um, run for school board, run for city council, water district, find a way to get involved. When Christians get involved, when they actually let their voice be heard, this nation can come back to its it, it senses. You know, I mean, right now yeah. we're, it's chaotic what's happening out there. Yeah. We have yeah. the truth. God's given us the instruction manual. We just got to use it. You know, I'll, I'm going to tip my uh, my hand here a little bit. And, you know, you'll know why I why I like a guy like Andrew Womack. But, you know, I think a major problem within within Christianity is this idea of kind of what I would call the extreme sovereignty of God. And yeah. you have a lot of Christians sitting back and go, well, God's in control. Whatever's going to happen, it's going to be his will. And, you know, that was a concept in church history that didn't come up for about 1,500 years. Actually, that's they, they dealt with it a little bit in the, the uh, Augustine dealt with it in the 300s and the 400s, um, but really, you know, kind of nailed it to the wall saying this isn't true. You know, there's always a synergy that happens. Yes, God has this role of sovereignty, but it's in partnership with our actions. And so, you know, if we lose this Georgia race, I really believe it's because of conservatives kind of carrying this mindset that, you know, that my activism doesn't matter because yeah. God's going to figure it out. And, yeah, and, and and combine that with you know so many times we think oh he's coming back tomorrow or look at all the right. signs and he said yeah. no man knows the day I mean it may <laughs> right. be five hundred more yeah. years we yeah. don't know right and so we need to be doing our job he said occupy until I return and uh, you know we can't be salt and light in our neighborhoods and in our communities if we are not you know uh, taking that biblical worldview and applying it to everything and salt yeah. the thing about salt it doesn't just preserve the culture. It brings out the best. It brings yeah, out the flavor. And we have the answers for that. And we, when we apply them, everybody in our neighborhood and our community and our state benefits. So the church has got to get outside those four walls. We've got to be that salt and light. Christians have to run for office. We need leaders that have a strong foundation, that mm -hmm. have the backbone and the, and the boldness, um, you know, that where, where they say, I'm not going to have a spirit of fear, uh, but power, love, and a sound mind, having reasoning skills. I mean, all those things, those things work, man. And they produce yeah. good culture. We can do that, but we've got to kind of shake everybody out of their slumber. Exactly what you're saying. Shake them out of this, this false doctrine. Th th there's a lot of people that think the Great Commission is just a salvation message. Wait a minute. No, it's about making disciples right. that obey all of those commands. And he has a lot of commands that have to do with how we treat our neighbor and what our society looks like. So be encouraged out there. Folks that are watching this, there's a lot of good stuff happening. Uh, but if we, if we do not 
fulfill our duty, if, if we're the wicked and slothful servant that buries the talent of freedom that we've been given, that buries the talent of being able to influence our culture and our society, man, we deserve what we get. I mean, I, I don't know a nice way to say that. I think yeah. if we have darkness coming in America, we, we're getting judgment because we deserve it. I'm praying for mercy and I'm praying that enough Christians are, are going to engage and be on their faces asking for that mercy and that we'll get some of that mercy. Um, but frankly, we do deserve judgment. So whichever one we get, we still do our duty either way, but I hope we get some of that mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I agree with that. And, uh, you know, definitely, uh, I think we all need to be keeping our eyes on these races, looking for ways to get involved. If people want to find out more about you, Rick, where can they go? Yeah, patriotacademy.com. And, and that's also where you can uh, become a constitution coach. We give all this away for free. You don't have to pay anything. You get, you get trained as a coach. You, you don't have to know anything, by the way. That sounds scary. It's like, wow, wait a minute. I have to know everything about the cut. No, you don't have to know anything. All you got to do is hit play. Uh, you get the people in the room, hit play, gather them together, and uh, and it's going to give you a chance to be encouraged. When people do these classes in their home or church or whatever, there's just a sense of hope, man. There's a confirmation cool. that my gut was right. America is a good nation. We've done good things, uh, that we were built on biblical foundations, and that there is a way back to those foundations. So get involved, folks. There's a lot you can do. PatriotAcademy.com. Uh, Rick, how long is the is the course for uh, for people that want to go through that? We have several different versions, but the six week one is the one most everybody does. Six okay. weeks and, and you know once a week. We're doing one right now, a live one on Monday nights where we got. A, a, I think right now, if I, my staff informed me correctly, fifteen thousand are going to be dialing in. Wow! Largest Constitution class in history. David Barton will be jumping in to answer questions live. Tim Barton, myself, Mark Meckler, some others. And oh man, it's encouraging. It's fun. It's a great way to really get fired up about the future and, and know that you're doing your part to pass this freedom to our kids and grandkids. Awesome. Want to encourage our listeners to check that out and uh, uh, to jump over uh, to your website and we'll have all that in the show notes as well. Rick, man, cheering for what's happening down there. Definitely keep us updated and uh, thanks for being on the program. You got it, Lucas. Thank you, man. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Lucas Miles Show on the Edify Podcast Network. For more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, head over to the Apple or the Google Play Store and search for the Edify app. Until next time, it's Lucas Miles. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.